Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Providence Crier podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Check out our blog, theprovidencecrier.com. Uh, joined with me as he is every week is BOC. Follow him on Twitter. That's at BOC all day. Today is Sunday, November 14th. Um, PC completes their first week of the regular season, uh, getting two wins over Sacred Heart and Fairfield. Um, and, uh, you know, solid start to the season. Uh, BOC you know, I went to the Fairfield game. Um, I skipped out on the Sacred Heart game. It seemed like the crowd, a decent portion of the crowd did too, uh, based from game to game. But uh, BLC, what, what were your takeaways from the first two games here? A couple takeaways. I think uh, Watson is as advertised on the offensive end, and he's going to continue to be that way. Um, Durham is, to me, you know, I had I had pretty solid expectations for him. I thought he would maybe be like a twelve and five type guy. He seems to be the type of guy that can take over offensively. Um, whereas they're not just going to lean on Watson and hope there's some secondary or tertiary pieces. Uh, it seems like Durham can co-lead the offense there, which I was not expecting at all. He's a lot more fluid and athletic than I anticipated. Um, and also just the depth of the team. Uh, I was looking through two games, and granted, it's a small sample size. We have four players that are averaging in double figures and points, um, and that's a great sign. And then the you know the fifth and sixth players are averaging around eight and a half, nine points, somewhere around there. So there's a really balanced scoring, and when you see balanced scoring along with uh, Watson leading the charge, averaging eighteen and eight, that's a really good sign. Um, some things that concern me a little bit are the you know. After a lackluster season, you would think the team would come out with their hair on fire. That hasn't been the case. They've been a bit lackluster on defense uh, and just general intensity. Um, they, they, they ratcheted that up in the second half of the last game against Sacred Heart, but I need to see that be a constant because this team is just not good enough to step on the court, roll the, roll the ball out on the court, and hopefully our talent just allows us to get victories. We're not there yet. Um, so we need to see more defensive intensity. And I think Cooley has noticed that. And the last thing I'll say before I let you jump in is I love Cooley's style right now. He's pulling people who aren't putting uh, the maximum amount of effort in. He's pulling people who are being lazy. And he is coaching through the from the start of the game to the end of the game. He ripped into Gadeen when Gadeen let open a wide open three when we were up 23. 
I love seeing that. That's what you want to see because you need to hold the team to a high standard. You let one small thing slip and it'll just escalate from there. So all in all, a lot of positives, um, a lot of question marks, and we're going to see, we're going to see a lot more about, about this team as a out of conference schedule starts to strengthen up a bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I guess let's just start. Um, I'll start right with your last point there with Cooley. Um, it's the year of accountability, BOC. Uh, you know, I think, I think last year with COVID, and I think Cooley would admit this, he probably kind of let his guard down a little bit in terms of holding guys to a higher standard um, and, you know, making guys accountable. Um, you know, the COVID season was a tough year for everyone, and I, I kind of think Cooley – you know, kind of took the reins off a little bit and kind of just went through the motions um, and, and let his players, you know, try and fight through stuff. But now it's like, you got such an old team, you should be doing this. So that's a really good sign. Um, yeah. So, I mean, to quickly kind of dive into what occurred in the two games, um, you know, Tuesday night, the opener, they get an 80 to 73 win over Fairfield. Um Defensively in that one, I thought they weren't good, but I did feel like Fairfield made some tough shots in that game. Um, there were there were some mistakes, sure, like that uh, inbound to, to wide open alley oop. Um, that was a mistake, obviously. Oh god, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they made a, a few mistakes, but it definitely seemed like Fairfield was hitting some tough shots. Whereas the Sacred Heart game, especially in that first half. Oh my God, were guys just left wide open? Uh, too many guys ball watching. And you're right, they just didn't come out to play in that first half, didn't give the effort. And Cooley let that be known by even putting in uh, fonts. Yeah. Put some fonts like pretty early into the game. I would say like 10 minutes into the first half or something like that. And yeah. fonts actually delivers. He hits a three. Uh, I think he gets fouled taking a three, and he went two of three, I believe, at the line. Um, so quick five points from fonts, like loose change, but, uh, that seemed to really invigorate the rest of the team, um, and get those guys going. Cause the second half, they were awesome defense defensively. If they can play like that defensively, they can literally beat anyone in the country. Might be. So, so besides, um, and all great points, by the way, besides maybe I think you and I both agree Durham's been better than advertised, much better than advertised in, in my opinion, besides Durham. Maybe talk about one or one or two things that have pleasantly surprised you about this team. And after you mentioned that, I'll I'll talk to one or two of mine. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I think the depth at guard is is nice, and it's something that we haven't had a whole lot of. Um, you know, you lose Duke, but you immediately replace him with a guy that's probably better handling the ball in running an offense. Um, than Duke is, even though Duke was a great scorer um, and freak athlete and all that stuff. But, um, you know, to replace him with Durham and then to have a healthy Bynum and then off the bench to have Breed as a sophomore now, have uh, Goodeen be, I think he, he's a junior, but like second year in the system now. Um, that's really good. And that's going to be so helpful um, when you look at the team. And right now, Durham and Bynum together have been excellent in terms of 
getting guys involved in the offense, um, limiting their turnovers as well. I believe between in the Sacred Heart game between Breed, um, between Breed, Durham, and Bynum, ten assists, two turnovers. That's something you love to see out of your guards. So I think the guard depth um, is come off as a surprise so far for me. I would, uh, I would echo one thing that you said, which has surprised me. Like when when Durham came in and he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to handle the ball more." I was like, okay, is this just like a coolie recruiting tactic to get a guy here? Um, I didn't know he had that capability because he didn't really do it all that much at Indiana. Um, But he's showing he can handle the ball very well. Like there's been a couple of times where the opposing team has picked up full court pressure and he's waved off Bynum or Bree or whoever's playing with him and said, no, I'll just take it up. I got it. No worries. And quite frankly, I wasn't expecting that. Um, So that's been a really pleasant surprise. Agree. Agree with the depth. The one other thing I'll add is – Manaya is more athletic than I thought he was. I thought he was just like a burly, like a big wing who can body you inside, which he still can do, but he's got some bounce and some spring to him and athleticism that I just wasn't expecting. Um, he's third on the team in rebounds, and that's pretty good considering he's getting like the seventh most minutes, six or seventh most minutes on the team. Um, he's going to be an absolute factor. And in the first game when we were a little bit lethargic, he changed the tempo of that game by bringing some energy and some defensive effort there and just hustle. And I think Cooley noticed that when recruiting him to come here, it's like, okay, this is a guy that fits our system and he can help change the game. Not necessarily with a lot of baskets made, but with the hustle plays, the intangibles, the, you know, tipping the ball out to get an offensive rebound. Um, so Manaya has been a really, really pleasant surprise for me. Yeah. I mean, um, for Manaya, I mean, you know, when we talked in the preseason, I, I thought he might start and he's coming off the bench and he's accepted that role really well, I, I think. But I think this gives Cooley the option to go with lamps like the one I thought, the, the all senior one. Um, he's put that in a few times. Uh, I think he did it to, to finish the game against Fairfield. Um, so to have that flexibility where you can play Manaya either off the bench or, or you know, have him come off the bench and have him get starter minutes or have him get like six man minutes. I mean, that's, that's pretty solid. And I think, you know, his shooting, while not great, if you can get a good shooting night with him, I think he's probably a pretty streaky shooter. Um, I mean, then that's just an added bonus to the other stuff that he does. Um, and you're right. He is pretty athletic. Like he had that um, alley-oop. It, it wasn't a dunk. It wasn't like some of Dave Duke's uh, alley-oops last year, but uh, he had a nice finish on, on an alley-oop with a layup uh, on the fast break. Um, there's another play. I actually really like him in the fast break. There was another play. I forget what game it was, but he got in open court and then fired a nice pass. I think it was to like Bynum or something for a layup. And like that, that stuff you really like to see. So I'm a big fan of uh, Bynum or excuse me, Minaya. And back to Durham. I mean, I, as soon as I saw him in that Stonehill game, I, I bought into him being a factor because you can just see it, just his presence, uh, just the way he communicates with his teammates. Like, he has it all, man. And, like, the best part about him, I think, is he knows, you know, he knows he's not the focal point on offense, but he also knows when to take over a game. And he did that against Sacred Heart. There was a, a time in the game, I think we went on a, they cut it to three and we went on a 14 to four run 
uh, to push it back up to 13. Durham had eight of those points, yeah. uh, including getting to the line, hitting some threes. Uh, and that's just great to see. I think Durham's an awesome piece. Yep. So what are some, um, maybe some potential changes or things you want to see adjusted and we'll, we'll put aside like the defensive intensity or ratcheting up the defense. Is there anything that you'd like to see adjusted if you were, you're the head man, if you were coach Cooley? Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think Watson probably didn't get the ball enough against Sacred Heart. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Cooley pulled him uh, early in the game for a defensive mistake. I think he didn't go after a rebound or something. Um, but still, and I think that kind of hurt his rhythm in that game uh, in terms of, you know, getting more post looks. He finishes with 14 points, and he actually got 10 rebounds, a so double-double for, for Nate Watson in the second game, which you love to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, try and get him the ball more, especially when the competition is going to be stiffer. I, 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 um, but – yeah, I mean, mainly for me, it's just the defense. They just got to fix that. I mean, right now they're Ken Palm 82 in defense. Uh, not good enough. Obviously, my bold prediction of them being top 50. Yeah. As of now, it does not look good, but I think they have potential, and they showed that in the second half against Secret Heart. Yep, I agree. No, I agree with you. If they can they – can, uh, they can also, one thing they need to absolutely fix is just they need to fix a free throw shooting. Yes. Yeah, that like that's just that's just unacceptable. I checked, and granted, it's two games, small sample size. Sixty-eight percent is just not going to cut it, especially with yeah. like this team. No matter how many great players we have, Coley's offensive system, for better or worse, we're never going to be offensive juggernauts. So we need to knock down the freebies, and sixty-eight percent is just unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, you know, there were seventy percent last year that ranked like two hundred something. I think, um, you know, again, and I thought they would be. Um, you know, a top 25 free throw shooting team this year because they can get to the line. Yeah. I mean, I think they've showed that, uh, you know, with guys like Watson, guys like Reeves uh, in Durham, with Reeves and Durham attacking the hoop more, um, they're going to be a team that, that, that will be able to get to the line. So you want to see a higher percentage there. Um, and like some of it's just so annoying. Like, like Bynum goes up and, and misses two. And it's like, yeah. like come on. Mania Airball. On the other on the flip side, oh yeah, oh yeah, Mania Airball one. Uh, on the flip side, though, Bynum might be starting to get his shooting stroke back. He, he hit a three earlier. I mean, that was pretty clutch. Um, we'll, we'll see, but yeah, it's just frustrating. Like when when they do things like that, miss the front ends of one on ones. You're just leaving points off the table. Yeah, and if. Uh... Yeah, I mean, like look at look at Breed for instance. Breed is his stroke is looking really nice from deep. He's got yeah. he, you can tell he's worked. I mean, he had a good shot last year, but he's worked on it. He's going to be an assassin from deep. I'm I'm a huge Allen Breed fan. Same, same. All right, so PC starts two and zero. Some things to clean up, obviously, with, with this next game coming up. Uh, they're facing the Badgers in Wisconsin. Um, a part of the Gavit games and BOC and I will break that down that game coming up here just after a quick word from our sponsors at anchor. Welcome back to the province crier podcast. All right, BOC first two games in the books. Now we're going to tighten up the uh, competition a little bit here. 
Um, PC making the trip to Madison, Wisconsin to take on the Badgers on Monday night. Uh, games at, is it at 9, BOC? It's at uh, 9.30 Eastern, yeah. 9.30, oh, great. Great. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't mind, Beyonce. We were talking about this uh, on the lead-up to the show, but but the, the NCAA was, was pretty dumb to schedule one of their best games in non-conference slate between Nova and uh, uh, UCLA last night at 11.30 or 11 or whatever the heck it was. But I still haven't watched it. Dude, too. Texas and Gonzaga tonight's at 10.30. It's idiotic. Yeah. It's two top-five matchups. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. Um, dumb on the scheduling part, but that was a great game last night, man. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I think Nova's going to be a problem, even though their lack of a big man, you know, who knows. Uh, when PC comes down, hopefully you can exploit that. But, uh, but yeah, Nova looks really good. But, anyways, the Friars are first real tough test of non-conference slate. Um, part of the Gavit games. Uh, the game will be on FS1, um, part of a doubleheader intriguing one actually illinois will make the trip to marquette um marquette actually just squeaked out a win against unh the other day um but that will be an interesting one but i mean i think for this game pc is going to have to look to towards their experience against this wisconsin team because you and i talked about this this is a great early season opportunity for the friars to get a resume building win Against a Wisconsin team, let's face it, they're not they're not our dad's Wisconsin team. Like Frank Kaminsky ain't walking through that door. Uh, it's a young team. Um, Greg Gard obviously had like a wave of transfers uh, at the end of the season, as there was drama in terms of like players recording meetings and stuff like that. Um, so Greg Gard is in the process of rebuilding this Wisconsin team. They're two and zero to start the year. Really good defensively, but they've played absolute scrubs with both St. Francis and Green Bay, uh, St. Francis, New York and Green Bay being two teams that are sub 300 in Kempom. So they've played no one, they're a young team. Although you probably are all familiar with Brad Davidson. He's still there. He's like 32 years old now. Uh, but yeah, BLC, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's definitely an opportunity. Yeah. So it's an opportunity. And traditionally we've really struggled in these, non-conference games against a team like in the big 10. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've laid my mark out there. I laid my claim out there that I think this is a sweet 16 type team. This is definitely an NCAA team. These are the type of games you need to win. I think, you know, this is Providence in a vacuum is a better team than Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a young team. Yes. They have the reputation of being just like a solid, you know, rugged big 10 team, but, Providence has the players, it has the athletes, and if they want to be a team that people start to take seriously, you can't do like what you did a couple of years ago and go to Northwestern, a team that, like similar to Wisconsin this year, is probably going to be a mid-tier, if not lower-tier Big Ten team. Can't go to, you can't go there and lay an egg and just lose in a horrendous fashion. Providence wants to make a statement nationally. They need to go in, you know, kick some tail and win by, you know, five, five to ten. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. This team's a better team. Forget about the brand name of Wisconsin. Um, this, this might be the homer in me, but I think they should win and should win in rather convincing fashion, quite frankly. Um, so Ken Palm disagrees with you. Uh, Ken Palm yeah. has Wisconsin as 
32 right now. Uh, Province is like in the 70s. Um, Ken Palm predicts a 70 to 63 victory for the Badgers with a 75% win probability. Um, But I do agree with your overall sentiment that, again, this is not your typical Wisconsin team. Um, And while it's a tough place to play, I think PC with their experience should be ready for a game like this and should be able to go in and at least compete and make it a good game. Um, You know, whether they win or not, I don't know. I'm going to save my prediction BOC for when we do our uh, article to preview the game. I don't know if you know this, but uh, came pretty close on that sacred heart prediction. Um, I saw that. Following there was 92-64. The crier predicted 88-64. Pretty close. Pretty close. But, um, yeah, I don't know where I'm leaning yet on a prediction for this one, but um, PC definitely has their opportunities. So you look at this Wisconsin team. Brad Davison, you all know him. The guard uh, likes to get under people's skin, um, and that can be an issue for our Friar team that's shown a little bit of chippiness uh, in two games so far. Um, but uh, so they have Brad Davison, um, Johnny Davis, sophomore. Uh, they have Davis twins, actually. They got twins. Uh, Johnny and Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis doesn't play so much. Johnny Davis is pretty much one of their best offensive players. Uh, he's averaging 15 a game so far. Um, you know, they have a big man in, I believe his name is Stephen Kroll. Uh, seven footer, but he's a sophomore. Um, Tyler Wall, he's a, he's a good forward, six six nine. Um, he's a junior. He's kind of a guy that, if you've kind of followed the Badgers, you know him. He, he's a he's an impactful player for sure. Um, but then other than that, you got like Chucky Hepburn, who's a freshman. So it's a very very young Wisconsin team, and while they look, they've dominated on defense in two games the competition has not been good. So it's going to be a real ramp up for them. I think so far PC's definitely played a tougher schedule. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I agree. It should be a game that PC can go in and come out victorious, um, even though, you know, you're, you're facing a, a good major conference team on the road early in the season. Yep. But, but we'll see, man. I, I'm excited. If they win that one, oh, man. Well, no, if it's it's a thing. Like, if, if they lose, it's like, okay, same old, same old, right? Like, same old PC, you know, they they go against a marquee brand brand name team and they lose, and it's like, okay, season's going to be same as usual. You win this one on the road and likely, like, a hostile environment. You know, it's it's a road game at, at night. Granted, it's a Monday, so whatever. Um, you, they win this one and you start to say, okay, expectations are a little bit different. And – We'll see, but I think I hope Cooley has. I think Cooley will have the boys ready, um, and it, it may help to actually play in a hostile environment. They actually might, you know, play a little bit better and pick up the intensity. Do you think the two games, the way they played, do you think that will benefit them in this one, or they being Providence? curse them? Yes. Um, I think if they come out flat like they have, honestly, the first two games, I think there's a chance they get run out of the building. They can't do that against a Wisconsin team. They need to be ready from the jump. Um, you, made, you made that, like, little, 
like joke about Brad Davidson it actually is a concern of mine that we like get a technical or something because he's so scrappy and like does that. Like you actually have to be worried about like Nate potentially trying to kill him. Um, <laughs> like I could actually, I could actually see him like reaching in on something like Nate like losing his mind. Just choke so, slamming him. Like yeah, it's like, they, like I could actually see that happening. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, they just need to play with a level head and you know play their game because again maybe I'm biased. I think they're the better team. Uh, so we'll see. I kind of wish that Marquette and Wisconsin played already before we played them. Just so yeah. I can get like a better gauge on this Wisconsin dude. Yeah, I mean Wisconsin fans are probably saying the same thing because they've played really two low-level teams. Like say whatever you want about Fairfield. Uh, they play Boston College, I think, tomorrow. Um, Fairfield may actually be a tournament team. Like we may look back at that game in two or three months and say, okay, wow, like really nice win. Like I think I'm trying to think, was it a couple maybe it was a couple of years ago where we beat Vermont and it ended up actually looking like a really nice W. Um, this could be the same thing with Fairfield. So you just don't, you don't know. Um, but I think Wisconsin doesn't know a lot about their team either. And it's a big jump going from the two teams they played to a really, really lengthy big team, like a Providence. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, I'll be excited for that one. Um, all right. So some final thoughts here, I guess, uh, college basketball season, first full week under our belts. Um, Anything that stood out to you? Um, I think you, I think you already made a good point with Villanova. I think they're going to be the juggernaut in the juggernaut in the Big East. Um, UConn looked UConn looked really good in their first game, and it was it's just so funny seeing like I think they're both those two teams are going to be very successful this year, but they're going to be successful in, in such different manners. Like I think Villanova is just going to be offensively so efficient, and I think. UConn, on the other hand, might be in a lot of rock fights, but they're just going to be such a pain and a nuisance defensively, and they're going to have success that way. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, we'll see Duke, Duke. Duke looked Duke looked really good. That guy, Banchero, I think he's a real deal. Um, normally, five-star freshman, they have trouble acclimating. He does not seem to have any trouble. He may be a freshman that's a first or second team All-American. He's going to be a stud. Uh, beyond that, it's you know it's looking like it's going to be a fun season. It's so great to have college basketball back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, going back to that Duke game, that Keels guy also was very impressive. Uh, he, he he's a freshman that's kind of under like overlooked because of Banchero, and he came out and balled at MSG. He almost, so. he, he almost went to Villanova too, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, like it was it was between Duke and Nova and. You know, the brotherhood somehow stepped up and uh, got healed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, um, some of the, you know, UConn's actually on right now as we're recording. They're playing Coppin State. They're blowing them out. Coppin State's not very good. Uh, DePaul actually played Coppin State, and Coppin State played them close for a little bit, but then DePaul pulled away. I actually liked what I saw from DePaul, actually. I tweeted about it. Yeah, um, yeah. That, if, if this David Jones fellow, I've never even heard of him. If he can play the way like he played against Coppin State, like at a somewhat consistent basis, the the Paul may not be this the worst team in the league. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, I, I caught a little bit of Xavier on Friday night. Um, they were struggling with Kent State. They were down by as many as nine points, but they roared back and won by fifteen. Um, no Fremantle still for them. 
Um, but, that's a that's a team that's a team where you wait and see, right? Like yeah. you can't really you can't really judge them until Fremantle comes back. Yeah, I mean, um, but the Nunji addition looks like a good addition for them. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I'm a Xavier fan right now, I'm feeling okay. I mean, they're two zero, but I mean, Kent State definitely gave them a scare. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just glad the game's back. Uh, the, again, the UCLA-Nova game was awesome. Both teams' shot-making was unreal. Uh, UCLA figures to be a team that can probably get back to the Final Four. I mean, Johnny Juzang looks like he does not belong in, in college basketball, and he belongs playing in the NBA right now. Dude, that, uh, dude we, talk, we talked about how the NIL was so great for college basketball. Perfect example why. That guy was going to be a fringe first-rounder, maybe early second-rounder. He's going to finish this year probably as a lottery pick, and he's probably getting paid maybe six figures right now with endorsements and everything. So NIL is great, and it's going to help college basketball so much more. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, well, that will do it. I think, um, you know, we'll have some stuff on the blog. Um, I'm thinking we have to figure out a schedule for – the pod for uh, Newark because BOC and I will be attending the Roman, uh, the, the Roman Legends Classic presented by Old Trapper Beef. Uh, so uh, yeah, BOC and I will be there. So we got to figure out how we want to do it. The games are on Monday and a Tuesday. Uh, so we got to figure out how, how we want to record that. But we'll have some good stuff for you. Yeah, maybe we'll do a uh, post Monday because Monday we won't get probably back home until midnight or so. Maybe we'll do a post-game recording and our true colors will fly. Yeah, yeah, maybe a couple scotches, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, that wraps up another episode of the Province Crier Podcast. Peace out. See you guys. Man up in my city on this roof, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, Cross over, I might go to L.E.U. Let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, ayy Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, ayy I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth